John, I've changed my will. You're written out and everything is going to my cat, Molly. Finally. Today's movies, Crooked House versus Knives Out. It's murderers like hello everyone welcome to another episode of movie deja vu a podcast that answers the question didn't i see this somewhere from two movie aficionados i am the private investigator on this case john and with me is the woman who is accused of being a merry murderess shady (laughs) thank you hi everybody I i had so much fun writing that shady i love i had so much fun listening to that shady how are you today I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I don't okay. feel poisoned. How about you? Oh yeah, we were play acting, by the way, guys. That <laughs> that's not real. We Shitty. did not post a podcast recording somebody's death. I mean, not publicly. Like a s- <laughs> snuff cast. Not publicly. Well, obviously, <laughs> we're talking murder mysteries today. Bam, 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 bam. Uh, specifically. Ones with, like, well-to-do families. Hooray! So as stated earlier, we were doing Crooked House. It's written... It came out in two... Tw- what the fuck? I don't do it for three episodes, and now I'm so fucked up. <laughs> uh, so today we watched Crooked House. came out in 2017. It's written by Julian Fellows. Ooh, I'm going to fuck this name up. Jill yeah. Pacqua Brenner and Tim Rose Price, directed by Jill Pacqua Brenner. I hope I said his name right, and I'm so sorry if I didn't. Yeah, um, it's a tough one. That's probably the toughest name we've had so far, and we did a Japanese film. Uh, I think those names are a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty hard. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 57% splat. I don't agree with it, but that's just me. Uh, Metacritic gave it a 59 out of 100. So that is out of eight reviews, uh, 50%. So four of them were positive. Two of them were mixed and two of them were negative. So 59 for Metacritic is sort of an in-between, not really bad or good type of score. Um, I didn't mention this. It's based off the book by Agatha Christie, too. Oh, right. Yeah. Because the next thing is on IMDb, according to IMDb, in Agatha Christie's most twisted tale, a spy-turned-private detective is lured from his former lover to catch her grandfather's murderer before Scotland Yard exposes dark family secrets. I mean... Yeah, that's it. Where's the lie? That's Um, a strong log line. And then we watched Knives Out. Came out in 2019. Ooh, getting closer. Yeah. Uh, it is written and directed by the one and only Ryan Johnson. Woo! It's got hi Ryan. A, if you're listening to this, hi. Hi Ryan. He's very, he's very online. So, like, not that I expect that anyone of import would ever find this podcast, but if anyone did, it would be him. Hi Ryan, we love you, um, and we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 97% fresh rating. And on Metacritic, it's got an 82 out of 100. Yeah, that is out of 52 reviews, 47 were positive and five were mixed. None of them were negative. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I what... am inclined to agree with those yeah. scores. Yeah, I, I feel like it could have gone a little higher too. Yeah. Maybe like to 85. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, let's bump it to 85. Yeah, we'll round up. And according to IMDb, a detective investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric, combative family. There you go. Um, I'm going to say right now, before we get started, if you have <laughs> not seen any of these movies, stop the podcast. Right. Because spoiler alert ahead... Super spoiler alerts. Right. I mean, we spoil every movie. The, these are two you really do not want spoiled. I mean, they're murder mysteries. Right. And the, the whole, whole point thing. of murder mysteries is who done it. Right. So we're going to obviously talk about who did it. 
<laughs> you done did it. So if you haven't seen them, um, I I don't know when this is coming out, but I know Knives Out is probably still going to be available free on Prime. Mm-hmm. And Crooked House, I mean, you could rent it on Prime. You can probably find it elsewhere, but Amazon Prime, not sponsored, by the way. It's just... Yeah. That's where you find these things. So let's bare bones the plot, because I can right. do this on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the last few, I can bare bones this plot. Um, you have the patriarch of a wealthy family is murdered, allegedly, yeah. on both cases. Um, pr- a private investigator is hired by a member of the family to help solve the case. Said that already, we all know this. Once the will is read, the real will is read, the family turns on each other. Um, they were already very snippety family, but when money's involved, all of a sudden it gets amped up to 11. The murderer feigns innocence. There's obviously a wrongfully accused person or persons. A second murder occurs to keep the person quiet, and it's revealed a, the grand, a grandchild sought revenge on the patriarch. Did I miss anything plot-wise? <laughs> Bare-bones plot-wise. The member of the family who hired the private investigator is also a grandchild. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So this is a pretty typical murder mystery plot just to begin with, but it is interesting how many specific things they have in common. Now, you didn't see Crooked House until this. No. Am I right? Yeah, no, you're correct. Ah, I got one right. Not, 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 no, you're wrong. No, I did not see it. Sorry. But you can see the comparisons more in this than like Boyhood Ladybird. Yes. Yes. I mean, right off the bat, we start with, because a lot of murder mysteries, you actually lead up to the murder in the beginning. And then that turns the plot in both of these right off the bat, the guy's dead. Yeah, this is not like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. This is, they're dead at the beginning, and then they have to backtrack. Right, Murder on the Orient Express, for example, which I guess would be the other most famous recent murder mystery. You know, you meet the guy who gets murdered first. But I, I had an interesting time trying to word that last plot point. Yeah. <laughs> because really, again, spoiler alert, Really, Josephine is the one that actually murders her grandfather. Ransom attempts to do it, Mm -hmm. but it's not what he does Right, kills uh, Harlan. It it was a plot to have him killed without directly murdering him. Yeah, so that's why, and both of them had their own revenge plots for it. Mm -hmm. Like Ransom's was for money. I just right. love also that his name is Ransom. Yeah. Like, we just for a second. <laughs> oh, white people. And just. <laughs> yep. And Josephine's motive is uh, Aristide wouldn't let her dance. <laughs> he wouldn't let her take ballet lessons. And also she was bored and thought a murder investigation would spice things up. Well, I also have that both movies have subplots. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that happens. You have a love story in Crooked House um, and also a spy story? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I did not connect with that particular plot point in Crooked House. I was like, I feel like this could have been left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. I mean, I guess it made sense at the time. But yeah. whatever. Uh, <laughs> and then in Knives Out, you have racism <laughs> racism racism yes racism is a subplot <laughs> and also like what uh what marta is gonna do with the inheritance spoiler alert but like come on <laughs> you so many times by this point right well let's get into something that you broadly alluded to in the summary um but we can expand upon it. So the big change in the will is that everybody assumed they were going to get a piece of something. Mm. And then what happens is one young woman ends up getting everything. Yes. So they all turn yes. on her and 
in the case of Crooked House, it makes Sophia um, a suspect, a major suspect. And then in the case of Knives Out, at this point, we already actually know what happened to Harlan for the most part. But so it, it doesn't really make her suspicious to the audience more than she already was. But it does make the rest of the family have a motive for trying to trying to pin the, the death on her, even if it's only accidental. Mm-hmm. Did you also notice that both had the same number of suspects? I did notice that. I mean, if you include <laughs> Nanny in Crooked House and you don't, you don't count Juanetta in Knives Out. The, the <laughs> my favorite character. Oh, I love her. They both She's have incredible. They bo- both movies have eleven suspects. Right. Accounted for this. <laughs> You're welcome. It also should be noted that the patriarch who is murdered or dies, I should say, uh, apparently likes to play games. Yeah. Uh, they didn't. I can't remember. If they, and I didn't write it down, if in Crooked House they explain further what the games were. I just know that Sophia mentions it after the will reading. Right. I I just kind of assumed that they more meant like he played mind games on everyone because he was such a control freak. I mean, even Harlan played mind games, but he also liked to play physical games. Right. But yeah, uh, the thing with um, uh, Aristide Leonidas which let's talk about that name. Let's not talk about that name. Let's just put that name out there and let everyone else chew on it. Um, He's Greek. What? God, I love Agatha Christie because of the, like, I love the names that she always came up with. Just oh, brilliant yeah. at that. She's so great at that particularly, but also at lots of other things. But he is in plot. I mean, everybody basically fucking hates him. So. Yeah. He was very controlling in everyone. He insisted that both of his sons and all their families live in his house. Um, And he was very controlling with how he gave his money to them um, and how he helped them out, but really just did it to control what they do with their lives. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas uh, Thromby, uh, Harlan Thromby is, you know, we like him. He's a kindly old man. He's generally quite- Until the birthday party. Right. He, he's very, you know, he's adorable as an old man and he's smart and he has a kind heart. But he also, I'm just going to say, he had to have been a horrible father to have those kids. Oh, yeah. Like when Linda uh, mm-hmm. is talking about him, you can obviously tell that like stuff went down in her childhood that mm-hmm. still affects her. And she's now... 50, 60, whatever years old. I guess money also made matters worse for both families because the families are so vapid and so like... Mm -hmm. But they're always... They don't have any actual work ethic in them because money was just granted to them. So once the possibility that they don't have that money anymore comes into play, now it's like, fuck, we're completely... Like, what are we supposed to do? So it becomes much more cutthroat just because... They're all kind of helpless without the inheritance. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the inheritance came from an empire that the patriarch ran. Right. Uh, with Aristide, it was food service? Yeah. Restaurant? Because he had the catering yeah. business. Right. He had other businesses that they didn't really touch upon. Well, wasn't some of it like um, land development and stuff like that? Oh, Yeah. But he started in the food industry with the restaurant. Right. So he was he he then turned, I guess, into more of a philanthropic is that the right word? Am I using the right word? Um, entrepreneur? Yeah, entrepreneur. That's the word. I found it. <laughs> he does not seem like a philanthropist at all. Shh. Which is <laughs> It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> Let me I mean, say he might English. have had a charity or a foundation. I don't know. Let let me let me English. I'll find the <laughs> right word. Um, and then you have Harlan, who has a mystery novel empire and mm-hmm. a uh, publishing company. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I just want to jump back a little bit. Uh, yeah. Did you also notice that there were the similar character types? throughout yeah 
like if you boil a character's motivation down or what they are, I found one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I found eight. And two characters in uh, Crooked House, I had to split them. So like, for example, Sophia, she's both level-headed, a level-headed young, young adult woman and the favorite grandchild. But mm. in Crooked House, the level-headed young adult woman is Meg. Oh, you mean in Knives Out? Knives Out, that too. And, <laughs> and the favorite grandchild is Ransom. So like, she has right. two qualities about her. That are then split up. I would argue that Meg is not so level-headed. That's part of her character. She's actually not the sensitive, intelligent person that she portrays herself in the beginning. Oh. Because they introduce her as, like, this, like, young Marxist and everything. But if she wants inherited wealth, she can't possibly be a Marxist that runs in direct opposition with that philosophy. So at best, she's either a liar. No, I guess at worst, she would be a liar. And then at best, she's just somebody who's too shallow to actually understand the philosophy she wants to believe in. There's also the the tough female family member. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fight me on this one. It's Lady no. Edith and Linda. Like, let's be yeah. real here. <laughs> no, the, those women are both, they're hawks. So for like Brenda, <laughs> I have her as two different characteristics as well that mm-hmm. are broken up with, different characters she's the she's an adulterer and a free-spirited woman Mm -hmm. in a way and in knives out the adulterer is richard and Joni is this free-spirited woman i love her but the other i'm supposed to hate her but i can't help but love her and i chalk that up to tony collette oh tony collette but the reason why i wanted to jump to this is that both have a son that runs part of the family business Mm mm-hmm um, you have Roger and Walt. Now, yep. Roger's failing, though. <laughs> right. And he's okay with that. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't really give a shit. He just wants his money. And Walt wants to expand more, but Harlan says no. Right. He has, uh, he will not let him branch out into adaptations, which would allow Walt, at least, to get a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he can't even do that after Harlan's death because he fires him. Well, that and all of his assets go to Marta. Right. So now it's under her control and she has she's the one that can decide whether or not they, they are going to do that. Uh, even the means of... Yeah, the murders are nearly identical, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I w- somebody I was, took... I was searching for the right word because like, Harlan isn't murdered by the vials. Right. But the means of how... The plotted murder. The plotted murder. Right. Would have been the same as in Crooked House. That they switched liquids instead of switching things. (laughs) But it's so well done that I'm just like, I don't care. Like, (laughs) like, I I, I feel like if if somebody like you have never seen Crooked House, uh, yeah. I've never seen Crooked House or before this. You probably wouldn't have thought two things about that being the uh, used yeah, like 50 years earlier in a book by Agatha Christie. Would you? Um, I mean, I mean, I've read books where people swapped out medicine for murder for uh, poison before. Uh... But I, I mean, like, if I were brand new to murder mysteries, then probably, probably not. Damn you, Shady. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, did you also notice meta moments in both movies? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Knives Out is basically, the entire thing is that it's a murder mystery and then it's not. Um, and then it is again. Uh, it's it's really, God, it's such a fascinating screenplay. I am so interested in Ryan Johnson's process Uh, while writing this and coming up with the ideas for it and everything. Because it sort of is constantly subverting its own genre, it's really good at having characters think they notice certain things that are typical for murder mysteries, but we, the audience, via dramatic irony, because we know things that most of the characters don't know, we know that they're on the wrong track, and that adds for a lot of interesting tension and comedy. Um, And then in Crooked House... I'm guessing this was not Agatha Christie's first murder mystery because there are a lot of, first of all, it takes place in the 1950s. 
um, which obviously she did not write that in the 30s. But um, the one that stood out most to me was when Josephine says that there's always a second murder. I mean, it's true. There always is a second murder. And there is a second murder in both of these movies. Did you know it was her at that moment? Yes. So you're smarter than Charles. <laughs> Just throwing <laughs> it out there. No, I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, Charles should have known. Um, she was just too precocious for a child. And also you end up, sus- you always end up suspecting the least suspicious person. And mm-hmm. a little girl is going to naturally be the least suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> when, if you rewatch this movie, you'll pick up more details earlier on that you're right. like, oh, but that's just me. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens with any murder mystery, really. I mean, yeah, that's murder mysteries are sort of designed to be consumed at least twice. Yeah. And because if you get it the first round, you find the answer, then you watch it again to pick up on clues. Hell, even like the third and fourth time, you pick up on different ideals and clues and, you know, scapegoats and all that. Yeah. And then both movies reference Sherlock Holmes, who is yet also another famous murder mystery character right um you have holmes is josephine and blanc and watson is charles and marta Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so good i just love that josephine's like i'm holmes you're a watson charles is like okay child (laughs) i um i really liked josephine a lot i kind of wish she got away with it completely but like but she was an evil little shit and she would have killed more people so yeah <laughs> yeah you saw her eyes light up when nanny was discovered <laughs> you're like oh you're a sociopath yeah that was the like i suspected josephine from the beginning that was the moment where i was like yeah that's her that's the one well i mean really just the fact that it was the hot chocolate that killed nanny well, and, but she also put poison in it, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, and I guess that's another similarity. The second victim is also poisoned. Yeah. I mean, would you say an OD of morphine is poison? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because you're not... It's toxic. You're not supposed to take more than a certain amount. I will say, this is the thing that's very clever in Knives Out, that at the first time I watched it, it bothered me, and then after I found out everything at the end, it was like, oh that's actually really clever morphine makes you act real drunk before it kills you harlan is completely coherent up to the moment that he actually slashes his own throat to hide the murder he it should have clued them in right away that he with that much morphine he would have been acting drunk within two minutes well i have this as a difference are you ready for differences yeah okay marta is guilty like I'm going to argue with you on that point that you just made because Marta realizes too late that she picked up the morphine bottle mm-hmm. thinking that was the more, that was the one that she just gave him. And, you know, he has all this morphine in his system. So I think, I think <laughs> it's more like that frightening moment of you fucked up royally mm-hmm. kicked in. And so she's not thinking straight. Right. No, I'm, I'm, not think, I'm not saying that either of them should have known right away. I'm just saying that should have been a clue to the audience. I mean, I didn't know that. Oh. You've never had, like, anesthesia never, or anything? Yeah, but, like, I've only had it once. Okay. And, yes, I can see that it made me drunk, but, like, I didn't <laughs> connect the dots, basically. Okay. You know? I mean, I mean, maybe that's more just for... Um, audiences who know about morphine or medicine in general. Um, I I go through a lot of medical procedures where I need anesthesia and stuff like that, and like it gets you, it gets you real loopy in the head instantaneously, almost. Okay, so the audience, you're saying the audience should have known, not necessarily Marta, because you know, obviously, Marta is right. not in her right mind when she first gives it to Harlan. Right. Not even necessarily that the audience should have known, but that, you know, I knew that morphine makes you act loopy. So it bothered me the first time I watched it because I was like, well, this guy is not acting like he's high off of morphine at all. 
And it's because he yeah, wasn't. He's very, he's very lucid. Right. He's able to make this whole very elaborate plan for Marta to follow so that she doesn't get implicated in his death. Yeah, and so like that's that's another subplot in this story, and uh, is that Marta is um, going through all these emotions of oh my god, I just killed my boss, right? A, a boss that she had a very sweet, friendly relationship with, and she's trying to prove her innocence and cover up everything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what uh, I, uh, what I was talking about when it becomes not a murder mystery. Is like the entire middle chunk of this movie we think we know what happened. So we're no longer curious about who did what. We're following Marta and fi- trying to figure out how Marta's going to get away with all of this. The donut. The donut exactly. within the donut, within the donut, within the donut. I was yes. going to try and do an, a really bad accent there like he does, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I spoke in the car about the hole at the center of this donut. And what you and Harlan did, that fateful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly a donut hole in a donut's hole but we must look a little closer and when we do we see the donut hole has a hole in its center it is not a donut hole but a smaller donut with its own hole and our donut is not a hole at all like in crooked house you see brenda have like a brief moment of guilt it's not right. like ruining her life like it is Marta. Right. Because she was the one who actually gave um, Aristide his medicine, but she wasn't the one who swapped it out. But she has that, like, I think it's the first interview that she gives with Charles mm-hmm. where she's like, I gave it to him. And she's like very right. shooketh, if you will. <laughs> she's, she, she's the shookethist. Shookethist? There we go. Shookethist. Yeah, and you wonder how much of that is guilt and how much of it is, oh, fuck, I'm going to be the one who goes to jail for this. Probably both. Yeah. I- I'd say an even split. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe like a little more, fuck, I'm going to jail, but like... Which she does end up going to jail for it, but then she's freed. Then she's freed. So you picked up that the house in Crooked House has a name because rich yes. people like to do this. The name of the house is Three Gables. I didn't hear one in Knives Out. Did they have a name for the house? Uh, No, they don't. They uh, Ransom calls it his ancestral home, and then they Benoit Blanc laughs at him because he's like, your grandfather bought this in the 80s. Yeah, but there's no... I I don't think it has a name or anything. It's not like the Thromby Mansion or something like that. Thromby Manor. No. Thromby Manor. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about death a lot. Let's talk about it just <laughs> once more. We're dancing around Crooked House because Harlan technically did commit suicide. Right. Knives out, not Crooked House. That too. Shot of a bitch. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> crooked and crooked and knives out. Damn it. Knives out. <laughs> it's like twilight all over (laughs) the characters names mixed up in knives out harlan slits his throat basically Mm. and is there therefore murdered marta sees it but she doesn't come forward with that because she also feels like oh god this will implicate me and right well, I'll the real problem is it's not just that she'd go to jail, but that it would throw her mother under investigation, and her mother is an illegal immigrant. She's undocumented. Yeah. which Let t- me rephrase that. She's Her mother is an undocumented immigrant. No human is illegal. Sorry. Which ties in more into the racism theme. Do, Hooray! Do, 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 do. The, the, not only does the family, like, threaten Marta with that like to deport mm-hmm. her mom mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, they don't know where she's from um, I have stuff to say about that in special features that is done very deliberately for a very interest, I think interesting reason but, like, but it's also hilarious that every time they mention her they say she's from a different country and then they I think it's Ecuador, Paraguay, Uruguay and Brazil I think are the four that they name. I 
don't remember Brazil being mentioned. Ransom says Brazil near the end, and that's the one that it's the funniest because they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. They speak Portuguese. Portuguese, yeah. Her accent doesn't sound Ecuadorian to me. I'm going to be honest and don't really know what Uruguayan or Paraguayan accents sound like, but... Yeah, and then there was that one conversation in a flashback that they had when they were talking about kids in cages, because topical. Yeah. And then they're like, Marta, your family's illegal. Let's talk about you. And it's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. One thing that really pays off, um, in addition to the mystery and figuring out all of the clues and the twists and everything, one thing that really pays off on a second, third, fourth watch of Knives Out is how much all of the flashbacks change depending on whose point of view it's from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Because they show that that from Richard's point of view, and it's like everybody's treating her great. They're welcoming her over. She's laughing with them. And then they show it from her point of view, and it's this intensely uncomfortable, racist dialogue that they're having and forcing her into the center of it. But then there's also the moment of blowing out the candles. Yeah. Whoever's it, telling the story is by Harlan, behind Harlan. Cricket House has, I said the right title, right? Yeah. Cricket House <laughs> has none of that. There's no... Right. There are there, flashbacks, but they're for the romantic storyline. Oh. <laughs> Spies and romance. And I, honestly, that all could have been left and, out of the movie. And then there's obviously the flashbacks at the end when they're explaining when when Josephine's diary is read out loud. And that's the other that's another thing too. Like Josephine, dumbass, writes everything down. Right. In, in fairness her, to her, she's how old? Twelve, thirteen? 11, yeah. Something. So it's believable to me that she is smart enough to know how to murder these people but too immature to understand the hubris of writing that down in detail thinking that that notebook will never fall into anyone else's hand yeah there's no way to sexy segue into this but i it's interesting (laughs) that the number of children is the same in the movies but like really Knives Out has the third child, Joni's mm-hmm. husband, who is he's already passed already. Away. Yeah. So you have a single parent in this family. Mm-hmm. Although people are always just like, "Why is she here?" But <laughs> in Crooked House, there, I mean, Lady Edith is the only single person there. Right. But- She's his sister-in-law from his first marriage. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because at first I thought she was his sister, and then no, I, re- so she... I rewatched it again and was like, "Oh wait, hold on." Lady Edith de Havilland, and it's all about last names in that movie, where <laughs> you know you've got uh, you've got the de Havilland face and stuff. But she, once her sister died, she came and helped raise his kids. Right. So she wasn't necessarily a mother she was she like, was yeah consider aunt she's also similar to Joni in that she is related by marriage uh through somebody who is now dead like but, they're both in-laws who their connection to the family is gone but they're still connected to the family for emotional financial reasons but unlike Joni it's not stated if she was married or not right so I assumed yeah. she wasn't. Yeah, you can assume she wasn't, but that that's that's a whole other topic that we can unpack right. because <laughs> of the time period. But we'll do that in another British another aristocracy. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you have in um, your well, Venn diagram that you want to mention? The guilty party in both movies is eventually found out and stopped, but they're stopped in different ways. In Knives Out, uh, Ransom... They trick Ransom or they manipulate Ransom into admitting to having attacked Fran. And when it's figured out that Fran uh, has died, now he can be arrested for murder. And then also Um, the attempted murder on Harlan. Right. Uh, Yeah. And his whole thing is you can, you know, bring me in for arson, attempted murder, bribery, etc. I have good enough lawyers that that'll all go away in a while. The murder is going to put him away for a long time. Yes. And then you have the Thelma and Louise ending in Crooked House. Because... I'm sorry. 
I laughed so hard at it. It was a good movie, but I laughed so hard at this ending. When you actually think about it, you have the the child murderer and her great aunt. Great aunt? Yes. Great aunt, yeah. Her great aunt, who is also dying. Right, she's dying of cancer. Yeah, it's not. She doesn't talk about it. So they go off a into a ravine and there's no way they survived. There's this gigantic explosion so that they don't have to show the dead body of a child. Um, oh, that's the other, that's another similarity. Both movies have a lame car chase scene. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You can't sit there and say that either of them were that enter, uh, that exciting. Um, I <laughs> liked the Knives Out one just for the little twist where she's in a shitty car that can't drive very fast, so she has to figure out how to throw off the cops on her tail while not being able to outspeed them. But it's, them. it's not like a Fast and Furious movie where it's high stakes, no. high energy, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's that both of them were very, I'm, I'm going to say they're grounded in realism. Okay. Because they seem like a little more realistic car chases than, you know, like I said, Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> or any other action movie where somebody has to go on the hood of a car and... They're subdued, yeah. They're not action movies. They're they're suspense movies, so there kind of needs to be more realism added to it. And I, I, one last note on both movies, a similarity. They both found humor in their stories, and I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Knives Out is hilarious through and through. And even Knives Kirk- Out is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. I, and it's about murder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Crooked House, like... It's in the wit, the wit of the characters. Um, they have, they, they find funny moments as mm-hmm. not only levity, but like truly guffawing moments. Mm-hmm. And yes, I used the word guffaw, right? <laughs> I'm going to add another contrast here. Okay. There is a young woman in both movies who is a central part of the murder plot in, um, mm-hmm. in different ways. But in Crooked House, uh, it's Josephine, and she's pure evil. In Knives Out, it's Marta, who is so incorruptibly good that she physically cannot lie without puking. And so well, there's like a real, they, they each de- deal with a young woman, a young girl character, a young female character who is an extreme on either end of the morality spectrum. But right. in Knives Out, it's somebody who is purely good. And in Crooked House, it's someone who's purely evil. And then I guess another similarity is Eustace and Jacob. They're like the same person. Let's be yeah. real here. They're both <laughs> little shit teenagers. Yeah. I hate them both. Yeah. I think they both should go to jail for annoying me. They should. They really should. Um, okay. I think we've talked these movies to death. Ayo. Yes. Let, let's get into some special features. Special features. All right. So obviously this is what episode nine at this point. Hopefully you're a recurring listener, but if you're not, this is your first episode. We each take a movie uh, to do further research to find some, trivia fun facts in the hopes to nerd out and surprise each other and hopefully you the dear listener who's still listening to us thank you by the way um i was tasked to do crooked house and since that movie came first i'm gonna go first so (laughs) um this (laughs) so a lot of the stuff i found were about the book okay bear with me i i tried to like whittle it to be like you're close enough to relate to the movie itself Mm -hmm. but there wasn't a lot of facts because i think technically this is our first tv movie that we've watched yeah it is up to this point yeah this is our first tv movie everyone Woo! so there was the format a little bit slightly so there wasn't a lot of trivia about it. Um, this is the first Agatha Christie plot to feature a young murderer. Um, it's also one of her stand standalone books, obviously. 
Mm. Uh, it's not a Miss Marple. It's not a Poirot, or however you say his name. Poirot. Poirot. Poirot, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of like, and then there were none, you know, there where they're standalone and they're still so good. Um, mm. The title is based off of a nursery rhyme, There Was a Crooked Man. And that is also a common theme that Agatha Christie does with her books. Yeah, well, that's, and then there were none. Yep. Also relates to our previous episode, something that I forgot to add uh, when we talked about Lady Bird, that title comes from a Mother Goose rhyme. It doesn't come from Lady Bird Johnson. Huh. So... Tying it back to a previous episode, continuity. Um, so there were major differences from the book to the movie. Um, the book is set, and all these are from the book's perspective. So I'll try and explain further. The book is set in the 40s. So in the movie, they bumped it up to the 50s. Charles's father is alive in the book. But in the movie, Taverner kind of assumes his role. Oh, okay. Taverner is in the book as well, but They he, just combine the two characters? The two characters, yeah. Okay. That makes uh, sense. Charles and Sophia are actually engaged. It's not mentioned if Brenda's an American. That's probably added for the movie. Yeah. And also, you know, Christina Hendricks, like, come on. <laughs> she, I love va, va, her. Va, she she's so great in this type of role. She gets it all the time, but it's because she's so great in it. Uh, Roger and Philip, the sons, are switched. Roger in the book is the oldest son, and Philip okay. is the younger son. Do they fulfill the same roles still, or like yes. they just okay? Yeah, Roger is still in charge of the family business, and Philip, I think, is still a screenwriter or okay. a historian or whatever he claims to be. Um, so just, do you think they did that just because of the actors they cast or yeah okay I couldn't find anything saying why they changed it okay I mean it's not like a big deal or anything that's just one of those changes where I'm always like oh that's interesting that you chose that I mean I guess it made sense for those actors to play those parts right because I can't see them playing the other parts no not at all they were very fitting for each of their roles yeah uh, Josephine's attempted murder on herself was a blunt instrument attack and there is no car chase so <laughs> the, the, Julian Fellows just needed to get the blood pumping <laughs> uh, there was also a radio play in 2008 on BBC4 Radio it was a four weekly 30 minute episodes which I think you can find at, online. I haven't really done a deep dive, but I'm pretty sure you can look for that. And they cut out our little shit, Eustace. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> so we know that when movies are announced, sometimes changes happen, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's writer, director, cast, mm-hmm. um, so this movie was originally announced in 2011 that it was going to happen. Are you ready okay. for this? Are you ready yeah. for the, the original people? Yeah. It was going to be directed by Neil Labute. Oh. Screenplay by Julian Fellows. And it was going to star, I hope, I'm, I hope you're sitting down for this. I'm sitting. Gemma Arterton, Matthew Good, Gabriel Byrne, and Dame Julie Andrews. <laughs> could I'm you assuming as Lady Edith? Yes, but could you um, imagine? Amazing. No, she's playing Josephine actually. <laughs> uh, she's got the range; she could do it. Um, that would be amazing. I do. I I loved Glenn Close in this movie, though. I mean, yes, but could so, you imagine seeing <laughs> Julie, Julie Andrews murder a child? Yeah. <laughs> amazing but plus you know being all stuck up and has a yeah. stick up her ass actually i'm not gonna lie this is not no nothing to do with special features mm-hmm. uh, watching this movie made me question if glenn close was an american or not she's so good right mm-hmm. yeah no I, I for the longest time as a child thought she was british because she was so good as cruella Deville. 
it was this one. Because, you know, there are some actors that put on accents or mm-hmm. don't put on accents for roles. We, I wish what um, Daniel Craig didn't put on that accent, but whatever. <laughs> um, but I was just like, oh, is she American? I had to look it up. And uh, yes, she is American. Wow. Yeah, no, she, she's real good with dialects. And that's it for me. Unfortunately, there is no sexy segue that I can I've got a sexy segue in. Oh, sexy segue us into Knives Out. I said the right Into Knives Out. So did you notice that Harlan Thrombey dies on his 85th birthday? Yes. That is done. That was a deliberate choice by Ryan Johnson as a shout out to Agatha Christie, who died when she was 85. Ooh. Her works majorly inspired this movie. I did not before we did this episode and I had to watch Crooked House, um, I did not consider that Crooked House was probably one of the main inspirations. I was just sort of looking at like the Poirot books and things like that, but I definitely see a lot of Crooked House in Knives Out. Um, There's a lot in this movie that was inspired by or thrown in by the actors in the film. We talked a little bit about Marta's family and how they never confirm where they're from. Anna de Armas, who plays Marta, and Marlena Forte, who plays her mother, are both from Cuba. So originally, Ryan Johnson was just going to have them both from Cuba because that made the most sense to him, until they brought to his attention that Cuban immigrants get special privileges in the United States that other immigrants don't get, because we've got a whole bunch of fucked up relationships with communist countries and things like that. Oh, because Cuba is a, not a state, but like a satellite state or whatever that thing's called? No, um, uh, it's because Cuba had that big communist revolution and everything, and Americans are supposed to be opposed to communism, so we welcome refugees from communist countries with open arms to show that we're better than them. Oh boy. Are we though? <laughs> well, that's a question. Um But when they brought that to his attention, he was like, oh, I guess the story doesn't really work then. That tension of Marta's mother possibly being deported doesn't really work if they're Cuban. So that's why he made it, we never confirm where they're actually from. On top of that, uh, both De Armas and Forte used um, Spanish that is not frequently used in Cuba. So it actually, if you pay attention and you know a lot about different Latin American countries and the way they use Spanish and you listen to them, they deliberately made it so that you can't tell where they're supposed to be from. So they mixed up the, the lingo, if you will? Yeah, the and sort of, I guess, the dialect too. And what did you find if what, like where her sister is from, if she's American or not? Uh, you know what? I didn't. I can try to look that up real quick. You move on. I'm going to, I'll look it up. Okay. But speaking of the sister, um, she's watching the detective show in the very beginning of the movie, and we can hear the voice of the detective in that show. That voice is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he, that's interesting to note just because he and Ryan Johnson had worked together, I think at least twice before. He was the star of both Brick and Looper, which Ryan Johnson wrote and directed himself. The scene where Ransom tells his family off and he says, eat shit to all of them. He was originally supposed to say, fuck you to all of them, but they wanted to remove a bunch of the F-bombs because they wanted to retain a PG-13 rating so that more families could watch this movie together. Chris Evans was the one who suggested that they use eat shit instead because shit you can drop as much as you want and say PG-13. If you say fuck too many times, you get an R rating. Yeah. <laughs> and then because of that change, Michael Shannon improved my personal favorite line in the whole movie, which is, I will not eat one iota of shit. Uh, just to report back, uh, Oh, Shirley Rodriguez, who plays mm-hmm. the sister, uh, she's Cuban-American. Oh, okay. So, it's a Cuban family, but not Cuban because they but can't is be it? <laughs> <laughs> For the purposes of the movie, no. Uh. Um, another little improv thing that they left in, Don Johnson was the one who just threw in that when he called Marta over during their immigrant immigration debate, he handed her the plate like she was the servant or something. 
that was not in the script. That's something that Don Johnson just did because he thought his character would be a racist shit that way without even realizing it. What a good asshole. Like, he plays a good asshole. Yeah, he's... I mean, between this and the Watch uh, the Watchmen show on HBO, great year for him. Yet, but I will. It's so good. He great. Twenty nineteen was great for him. And like that's another similarity. Both casts are stacked. Oh yeah. Oh, we didn't even get into it. But we, we don't have to. <laughs> I just want to say both casts are stacked. Right. I mean, even Josephine was played by the girl from A Christmas Prince. <laughs> and I hate myself that I saw her and instantly was like, that's Princess Charlotte. Because I have seen A Christmas Prince that many times. But like, I just, I remember seeing trailers for Knives Out. And, you know, they would tell you who's starring in it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that took about two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> In, of of their theatrical trailer. Right? And even that bothered me because they left out Ricky Lindholm and Edie Patterson, who to me are two superstars who deserved a lot more attention for this movie. Oh, um, Ricky, I love her. She's so great. She plays Donna, Walt's wife, and then Edie Patterson plays Fran, the maid, and she's so fucking funny. <laughs> With her stash. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan Johnson... He wrote the donut hole speech and then he wanted to cut it because, you know, when it got closer to filming, he was like, I just don't see how this is going to work. Daniel Craig was the one who said, let me give it a shot. Just let me try it. (laughs) And Ryan loved it so much that he was like, yeah, we're keeping it. We're not cutting that. The first one, you mean? The, The one that he gives in the car or the donut within the donut? Um, it's from IMDb. It doesn't say either way. I'm going to assume that it's the second the f- one because that's the more intense one. The donut within the donut. <laughs> Looking <Yeah>. for that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, there is going to be a Knives Out 2. We don't know when. We don't know... Why? This movie made a shit ton of money. Yeah, but why? Make a different movie. No, it's make... gonna. Well, it's going to be a different mystery altogether, but it's going to keep Benoit Blanc. So he's going to be Ryan Johnson's okay. own version of Poirot. Okay. As far yeah. as I know, it's not going to involve the rest of the cast at all. Although somebody did make a suggestion on Twitter that I think is pretty good, which is that Knives Out Two should have the exact same cast. Daniel Craig still plays Benoit Blanc. Everybody else plays a totally different character. Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna right? I'm gonna argue with you on that though. Yeah. I would keep Trooper Wagner and Detective Elliot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about Lakeith Stanfield in this movie. To be fair, he doesn't get a whole lot to do. I just love he's one of my favorite actors right now. But like I feel like if you keep those three Yeah. I like this idea. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. Christopher Plummer lives. Like, character lives. Wait, can you imagine if Christopher Plummer was in Knives Out and Crooked House had Dame Julie Andrews? That would have been another connection. Because they were in The Sound of Music together. Was it Christopher Plummer in this? Yes. Yeah, okay. I had a moment of, wait, he (laughs) was in Knives Out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, and, you know, last little shout out. Speaking of Trooper Wagner, he is played by Noah Sagan? Sagan. Noah Sagan, Sagan, I don't know. Ryan Johnson, if you're still listening, please let us know. (laughs) Um, But he has appeared in almost every movie that Ryan Johnson has written and directed. It might be all of them. Who was he in Star Wars? He was like some, he was X-Wing pilot Stark. (laughs) Okay, so he's he's Ryan Johnson's (laughs) Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's, he's his buddy. He's like... I got you, man. I got you. On that note, let's go to final thoughts. Bump, 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 bump. Every episode we ask, almost every episode, I should say, we ask the same five <laughs> questions. Um, Shady, can you think of any other movies like this? Uh, the entire murder mystery genre? I'm going to now pigeonhole this question. Okay. Can you think of any other movies like this where it's the family's patriarch that dies gosford park okay which was also written by julian fellows 
Uh, and uh, as an additional little tie to Knives Out specifically, that movie has a large emphasis on the servants of the family and how class relations work within that whole. Uh, so he, well, I mean, he wrote Crooked House. Right. Was yeah, one of the adapted. writers, I should say. He adapted it, yeah. Uh, he also is the writer and creator of Downton Abbey. So Gosford Park is sort of like if you took Crooked House and mashed it up with Downton Abbey, and it's basically Knives Out, but as a period piece and more serious. <laughs> I love it. I can't think of anything else, really, with this pigeonhole question. I mean, we could, if we were going on, on the broader scale of murder mystery, it's like, give me a hat with all the murder mystery movies <laughs> in it, and I'll just right. pick out the first three. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to go with something that is also written and directed by Ryan Johnson and is a murder mystery, Rick is also part of that. Uh, the thing is, that one is far more film noir than like a parlor mystery the way these are gotcha but if you uh, really dig knives out i would suggest checking out brick so did we like the movies i love these movies i liked crooked house i love knives out would we watch them again fuck yes <laughs> i will watch knives out forever and always uh crooked house a couple times you will give it a, a rewatch yeah yeah i mean i've already watched it twice i would probably watch it at least once more would you recommend them I would recommend Knives Out to pretty much everybody. That's one of the things when I first saw it, I was excited about it because I was like, I can recommend this to everyone in my life, um, which is pretty rare. Okay. Um, and I would recommend Crooked House to people who are already into murder mysteries. That's a fair caveat. I mean, I'll just recommend it because I love this movie. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, and then finally, are they actually the same? I'm no. saying yes. Oh. I'm saying no. Oh, because no. <laughs> not even halfway into knives out we switch the perspective from the detective to one of the suspects and we figure out a good portion of what happened the night of the murder and because of that the tension completely flips into a totally different movie i'm gonna i'm gonna say yes with an asterisk okay because i feel like crooked house heavily influenced knives out right but i think you can influence some you can be influenced by something and take it in a whole new direction i'm still saying they're the same movie (laughs) (laughs) that's fine it's just to me the source of tension is so important to a movie like this and it totally flips for knives out than it does for crooked house i'm I'm, I'm gonna gonna (laughs) agree to disagree again god damn it all right uh one of these days we're going to agree again on that they are the same (laughs) one of these we we agreed that boyhood and ladybird weren't the same i meant that they then uh that the movies are the same and it's not (laughs) a sequel remake if you agree with me though (laughs) you can not email you can message me on twitter at movies john that's john with no h or you can look just look me up John underscore watches underscore movies and Shady, what is your twatter? Um, if you want to send me blackmail notes or threaten my life or anything of that nature, um, I would recommend you don't because I will report you. But you can do that <laughs> at Cookie O Shady, C O O K I E O S H A D Y. Yeah, and if we missed something, if we are totally wrong and they are garbage movies and you hate them well (laughs) you're allowed your opinion even though it's wrong it doesn't make you a bad person just because you have bad taste (laughs) but you can email us at moviedejavupod at gmail.com that is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com you can find us on the instagram on the ig at movie deja vu pod same spelling or on twitter at movie deja vu no pod we poison the pod we poison the pod on twitter um (laughs) if you have even a suggestion for a future episode please get back to us we'll glad obviously we like movies so we'll watch them no matter what 
I hate uh, movies. That's why I did this podcast. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and next week we'll be watching Pitch Perfect and Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. All right. That's it for us. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.